Welcome back to Big Sky Buckets. My name is Big Sky, and I'm just a guy talking ball. What a glorious morning. It's like Christmas Eve for basketball sickos. The NBA season is upon us. It will be back tonight. But before then, we have to talk about the West standings because I don't have much time and I have to get this out because I waited so long. But it worked in my favor in some cases. But for the most part, uh, this West is stacked. It's brutal. The recap here is that the East was absolutely better than the West last year up until the trade deadline. And then when the playoffs came, everyone kind of figured out, uh, yeah, they're, they're back. They're back to being the better conference. And in my summation, there is 11 teams here that I think could make the playoffs. Eight are only allowed to make it. So some of them are going to be disappointments this year just because of how brutal it is in the West. But <clears throat> let's start it off at number 15. If you watched the video on the East that I did yesterday, then you know that at number 15, I have the Portland Trailblazers. I believe that every team that blows it up uh, either in the offseason or the year prior will be the worst by trade de trade deadline will be the worst team in the league and they are no exception utah was the only exception last year once in blue moon yada 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 scoot anderson is going to be a great prospect but it is also when you are a rookie and your point guard is the hardest position as a rookie to become acclimated with with an 82 game schedule playing NBA level talent and you are basically forced to be the primary playmaker it is a very big learning curve it is also the exact same reason why I believe in the three-year leap for guards in three years he will be all world but it takes three full years basically or at least two full years coming in that third year for them to truly get the hang of it and they have a lot of talent. I like Shaden Sharp. I like Anthony Simons. I like DeAndre Ayton. Maybe. You know, you never know. I think Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams will probably be moved by the trade deadline in late February. And the, the other main point here is I'm not entirely sure about Chauncey Billups as the coach to develop these young guys personally. But that's something that we'll monitor throughout the season. But I have them at number 15. At number 14, I have a team that I like going forward, just not this year, for the sole fact that they don't have a really great point guard or a really good playmaker. And I think that's going to come back to bite them, and that is the Utah Jazz. I like Laurie Markkinen. I like Walker Kessler. I like Keontae George as a prospect coming in. Um, I don't love the fact that they drafted Taylor Hendricks and then immediately traded for John Collins. I understand this is typical Danny Ainge, like, ooh, undervalued player. Let me get value for him by trading him for basically attaining him for nothing. And then I provide his, we uh, make his value go back up and I profit. But he's just basically in the same situation as he was in Atlanta, where he's going to be relegated to corner threes and, picking uh, and just setting screens for the most part. He's not going to be very much of a role man with Walker. Playing next to Walker Kessler is not going to help. What will help is whenever Kelly Olenek comes onto, <clears throat> comes into the rotation or into the game. So for the most part, I don't really see it. I don't love the fact that they drafted Taylor Hendricks and then basically are going to have him be behind John Collins when they need to be 
But Jazz need to be developing. So they'll develop Keontae George. They're going to try and develop Taylor uh, <clears throat> Taylor Hendricks behind John Collins. Not, don't love it. Uh, don't love the spacing. Don't love the playmaking. They have a top 10 pick. They have a, a pick that is top 10 protected. So that's really the reason why they're just going to tank, which is exactly what it looks like they're doing. I like them later on once they get a real playmaker or at least develop Keontae George into one. But for now, like, eh. This team is kind of weird to me. But that's why I have them at number 14. Number 13, I have a team that I think should honestly be behind Utah. But they, it, you know, it's Big Vic. Victor Wimbanyama. He, I, I don't like to be a prisoner of the moment, but <laughs> he is... God, he looked incredible. He looks like he's going to be absolutely ridiculous. And I think he's going to win them games. I don't think he's going to play. He might play 65 so they can just give him rookie of the year, wrap that up. But for the most part, I think, um, I think, yeah, he's just incredible. I like Devin Vassell, Kelvin Johnson, you know, the whole shebang. But <clears throat> for the most part, I just think play him. He's going to win you some games. He probably is. He just probably rejuvenated Greg Popovich's career. I'm sure he was like, all right, we're losing games. Like, I'm just going to eventually retire. He's getting up there in age, but they get Victor Wimbanyama. He watches, he sees him in the preseason training camp. He's probably just like, all right, I'm back in the game. Just brought me, pulled me back in, baby. Uh, they're 13. They're going to be great later. But, you know, it, again, he's going to be one of those incredible rookies. But again, you're only a rookie. There's a learning curve. Um, so those are like the three teams that I think all they're at the very bottom tier of the West, the dregs of the West, honestly. And I see a lot of people put this next team in there as well, but I think they're just a little bit above just because of the moves they made and the, and kind of the coach they had. This is the team that for the past like three years has played AAU basketball in the NBA. It is the most embarrassing just, they're playing for checks. They've been playing for checks and not for basketball. And they, you could even make the argument that they've sullied the great reputation of the, the elongated reputation of the Houston Rockets. And that, yes, it is the Houston Rockets. I love their talent. I hate the way they've played through the last three years. Every year they fool me. But this is the year, baby. This is the year. With Ime Doka, he's going to hold Jalen Green accountable, Jabari Smith accountable, and Shingun accountable. Those are three really good, talented young players that I want to see play competitive basketball, which I haven't seen them do ever. Um, I don't love Fred Van Fleet taking Amin Thompson's minutes personally because uh, he's going to be really good. And I thought, hey, if the, the West is this stacked, maybe you just kind of – let them develop a little bit more under like a real head coach who knows what he's doing and will hold people accountable. But And then I don't really love Dylan Brooks for – I know they're trying to create a more professional, real culture. I don't think Dylan Brooks was the person you want in there. I think he's going to make – I think he's actually going to sabotage this team just because he's a character and he's kind of annoying. I like his defense – I don't want him to take shots away from Jabari or Jalen or Shingun, but he's going to do it anyway. And that's why I have him at 12. This is, 
this is a team that should get better. And if they don't, just know next time I'm coming next year, I'm coming here and I'm putting them at 15. And I will do that until this era of Houston basketball is over. Um, <clears throat> at number 11, Sunday afternoon, get a Woj Shams notification. Steven Adams, uh, season ending surgery. No job for 25 games. No Steven Adams, one of the best offensive rebounders. This team just, this is going to be rough. And that's why I have them at 11. Uh, I originally had New Orleans here, but now that Memphis is not going to be without, they're going to be without Jaw. I had a conversation with my friend Joe a while ago about his thoughts on Tyus Jones, that he was part of it, not just Taylor Jenkins winning games without Jaw. It's really like Ty, the rest of the team is really good at defense. And Tyus Jones was the, the playmaker for when Jaw wasn't there to keep it their offense running and i think he's right i think they replaced him with someone who's going to help with the culture and marcus smart but i also think that marcus smart is not the best playmaker i think desmond bain and uh jaron jackson jr are going to have to carry and it's it's going to be really rough i think desmond bain will be an all-star probably most improved candidate i think jaron jackson jr has a lot on his plate he's going to have to stop going for the stocks steals and blocks uh, because that normally has come at the cost of him getting ejected from games from for fouling out, and he's going to have to work on rebounding. And because he was allowed to foul out before, because he, you could just rely on like Xavier Tillman to take his place or um, Stephen Adams to take his. Without Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark, he's got way more on his plate. There's more pressure on this team, and I think 25 games of that jaw. That's the problem here is that I think that by within 25 games with how stacked the West is, that's going to be the bullet. Like that's what's going to kill them. And so that's why I have them at 11. They just have too much on their plate based on everyone else. You can't, you cannot hold off for 25 games. It's just, that's over a quarter of the season. That's just not feasible. Um, and number 10, as you probably noticed, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. And you may be asking, why? They're so talented. I love Zion. Family of Duke fans. Until he's healthy, I won't believe it. Until he's healthy for a full season, I will not believe it. Someone has to get the short end of the stick here. Just like Memphis, I'm doing the same here. At least we know Zion is not injured going into the season, opposed to stuff that's happening in Memphis. That is the best I can do for this team. Ten. Uh, they already are starting to, you can smell it. Blood is in the air. Herb Jones injured. Jose Alvarado injured. Trey Murphy III injured. Uh, it started already, but it hasn't. it hasn't reached the heart yet. So there's... There's already concern from me, so now it's like, okay, if Brandon Ingram or Zion gets injured, this is going down the drain. And so with that, you know they're going to be great offensively with Zion. You know they're going to be good defensively with everyone. What, what do you want me to do? I just have to go, I have to go with my gut on this one. I, I'm not going to get fooled again. There are other teams that could fool me that you'll see coming up. 
I'm not going to let this one. I, I would be very happy to be wrong about this. And they're like a top five team. But it's like until I see it, it just is what it is. At number nine, the best offensive backcourt in the league and the worst offensive frontcourt in the league. And that is the Dallas Mavericks. There are many things to say about this. Let's start with Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, I hate you. I don't really know you, but uh, you do not. You are just, you are a guy. Hey, I respect it. I'm just a guy too, but I don't get paid millions of dollars to coach. And if I did, I think I'd be better than what you are doing currently. Um, what what do we say? I think when I came to the conclusion, I remember someone saying, is Grant Williams the third best player on this team? And that's when I came to the consensus, yeah, this team's not really going too far. I understand that Luka can probably carry with the heliocentric. I'm just really concerned because the West has gotten much better than when they made the Western Conference Finals that this might be a problem. Uh, I love Derek Lively. Um, it took him to like two-thirds of the college season to understand how to truly play the position and truly be himself in college. That is, college goes less than 40 games. That's less than half of the NBA season. He's going to be thrown into the fire with a bunch of really good centers in the West. Obviously, the best player in the league, Jokic, um, Anthony Davis, you got the Twin Towers in Minnesota. Chet is Chet is coming. We'll see what happens there. I would be concerned. I would be concerned if he's your starting center, and I don't love their center rotation. There's not too much to say. They tried to address their issues. I just don't think it's enough. So I have him at nine. Luca could prove me wrong. Luca and Kyrie could prove me wrong. Maybe Kyrie also could prove me right by being very inconsistent and uh, not on the court, but just off the court issues that he brings. We'll see. I, I'm just not confident. Honestly, I, I, this is a team that does not instill confidence in me. And number eight is another team that should, this one should instill confidence in me, but it doesn't. The experiment of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and the Los Angeles Clippers have instilled basically nothing into me in the past four years. Which is why I have them at eight. I, I don't believe it. This is another, this is a Zion Brandon Ingram thing where they get injured or more so Zion. Except they've like, they've showed they could play, but they've also showed me they will. Like clockwork, one of them will always be injured. And they rarely ever play together. And that's enough to make me put them at eight. Personally, I don't, I, they're the oldest team in the league and that's concerning. Uh because there's a lot of youth and a lot of talent, and I think age tends to... The oldest team in the league, typically, I, I need to look this up, but like I'm going, I'm going with my gut, my, my vibes, my heart. In my heart, the oldest team almost always, always fails in some regard. And it's normally because of injury, and that's just how life goes, you know. Not everyone can be LeBron James and you know, fighting for all their time, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I... Someone has to fall. This is my team really falling. Uh, other than just Memphis was just that, that, that out the gate. It just sucks. Uh, that's just unfortunate. This team will become unfortunate. It's just a, it's a matter of time. And at number seven, 
And I know people are not going to like this one. Uh, I have the Sacramento Kings. And the main thing here is I'm an Atlanta Hawks fan. When we shocked the world, just as Sacramento did this past year, and we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, we didn't shock the world like we hadn't made the playoffs in 16 or 17 years. God bless Sacramento fans. Um, the next year, every team is like, all right, but uh, I respect you now, so I'm going to have to kill you. And that's basically what's going to happen. They're going to be targeted. Uh, their offense is going to be incredible, but they literally need to get better at defense. Uh, it's just not the historic offense every year is not a sustainable model to win regular season games. It's not really a sustainable model for the playoffs, but that's another that's another that's for another time. This this is you have the same team basically. You're going to run it back. What you're going to learn halfway through is that as the teams ahead of you, get, they basically got better. And you're just going with continuity. And I respect that. But now you're now that you're targeted, now that they know who you are and they're going to actually take you seriously, I think that's going to come at the cost of some games. And then I saw some statistic of like clutch time buckets do not translate over back-to-back -back years and that's really bad for a team who was really clutch and had the clutch player of the year and um De'Aaron Fox I like this team a lot but I just think there's a couple of teams that are going to jump over them and then I think next year like the following year it'll be a bounce back year I just there's I just feel like I've seen this before I feel like I've seen this before they reminded me a lot of a more fluid offensive Atlanta Hawks. So I think this one might come at the cost of, they're still at the top of the plan. They could easily be top six. I, I like them that much. I want to see some defense. That's it. All right. There's some teams you've heard that you didn't think should make the plan. And there's some teams that you haven't, that you don't think should make the playoffs. But baby, these are my playoff locks. And number six, Big risers, I don't know if they're the biggest though. The Oklahoma City Thunder. I told my friend that they were going to be top six, and I stand by that. SGA is for real. He may be like a wee bit overrated right now, but he's for real. Like, I don't know if I put him top eight for real, but he he's probably just going to end up being that for this year. Um I like Chet a lot, liked him in preseason. They, these guys are so young, and they're just really good at defense as well. Like, he, uh, Sam Presti drafted a bunch of, like, guys with potential for offense and just, like, long, really good defenders. You got the Dortress still and Lou Dort. You got Giddy, Josh Giddy, um, SGA. First team All-NBA. Nice. And, yeah, and Chet. Uh, and um, Jalen Williams, J-Dub. I love this team. And there's so many people, there's so many players that are going to come off the bench and be great for them. The main concern here is youth still. Like, you're expecting Chet, basically his rookie season, even though it's his second year, to come in and be, like, really impactful. I think he can, but there's definitely concern there, especially just injury concern. And then 
like Kaysen Wallace off the bench, at least the other Jay Will, the other Jalen Williams, uh, he's actually has a lot of experience now after doing a full year. So him coming off the bench as a stretch center, that's going to be good. I think there's a lot to like here. I'm just going to expect the leap, to be honest. I, I, w- I wanted them to be in the plan, but then I just kind of I had to go with my gut on a couple of these teams. And yeah, six, I, I stand by it. And they still have too many picks. That's the other part. Deep down in this take, there is a world where with their treasure trove of first-round draft picks and all the young talent in the world, if a disgruntled star happens around and they think this team's for real, if Sam Presley finally is like, I'm ready, look out. (laughs) Look out. Uh, So I'm going to give them six. Defense, offense, going to be great. They love their head coach. I, I like their head coach a lot. He's very interest. He's very interesting in a lot of ways. But I mean, everyone kind of feels this vibe. I might be a little high on them, but I think I think it's it's they have arrived, and they're still going to they're still going to arrive in the next couple of years. The biggest downside to this team and the way they've gone about their business is that in a couple of years. The um, those contracts are going to break this team. Like, literally, like you're going to have to start deciding who's worth max and who's not, and if you can actually convince players to stay because they're so talented. So we'll see how that goes. Here we go. What's that outside? I thought it was... I, I thought it was, like, the morning. Is that a... Is that a full moon? Oh! Yes, sir. I stand. I'm. Everyone's got to stand for something, and I'm standing with Minnesota Timberwolves. It's time. They've broken my heart every year. I keep thinking it's the year. It's the year, baby. This is the year they are a top five seed. It is also the year that they will peak as a team, as currently constructed. Jay McDaniel's, Anthony Edwards, Mike Conley, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. That starting five is incredible, except for maybe two positions that we still haven't seen enough of. I I think they're going to be a top 10 offense and defense, personally. I also think this is, like I said before, the peak of this team. This is my hottest take. They're going to be a top five team. I think this is the peak as, of the team as currently constructed. I think Cat will go by the end because they just gave Anthony Edwards a new contract extension hundreds of millions of dollars. Jane McDaniel, $100 million. Uh, He just got that extension yesterday. Uh, And then Kat and Rudy are making so much money. Um, I think this team, I think this team's for real. I like their depth. I I believe in the Ant-Man jump. I think Jane McDaniels could easily be in the Defensive Player of the Year candidate. I know normally goes to rim protectors or POA defenders like Marcus Smart. And um, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Rudy Gobert and stuff. I think he could be. I think he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Uh, he is the KD stopper. Uh, just as Ant-Man said, they got Kevin Durant, but we got Jaden McDaniels. They do. He's for real. I believe. Uh, Mike Conley is also the reason. The, my other hot take. Mike Conley was the reason the Utah Jazz were as good as they were last year before they traded him. Which, again... A full year of the Twin Towers, a full year with 
Ant-Man leap, and a full year with Mike Conley. This team will be good. This team will be good, I believe. Uh, if they disappoint me, though, I will not believe ever again, and I will have them way down below. This is this is the year. You have. I'm looking right at the camera. Minnesota, please don't let me down. All right, number four. I, this this one's just. I'm tired of hating. I'm kind of tired of hating until I've like seen, until the hate finally like can be, until I can finally hate this team, I have to respect this team. And that is the Golden State Warriors. I know they're old. Um, I don't love Chris Paul in the starting lineup. Sometimes I think that Steve Kerr is stupid overrated and that this is all just, as we look back, we'll, we'll realize that this has just been one undeniable carry job from Steph Curry year in, year out. But until then, this team's going to... If you have Steph, you have a chance to win. I believe that in my heart. I truly do. I used to not, but as time went on, I realized I was wrong. I couldn't see the miracles happening before my eyes. He's the best shooter of all time. I don't know about Klay Thompson. I think Draymond Green's old. Please put... Kevon Looney in the starting lineup. Maybe Kuminga and Moody do something for me. I don't know. But I think this team, I think as long as you have Steph, and I think he's got uh, he's got something to prove. The main thing here is I think this team's going to start really bad. And then once they realize they have to take Chris Paul off the bench, this team's going to be really good. Because essentially they have the Trey Young problem. I guess it's really the Steph Curry problem. It's basically when Steph Curry is on the court, you are great. And whenever he's on the bench, you are terrible. And you just need a playmaker. And that is you, Chris Paul. Please put your ego aside. If you want to be a great team, you need to come off of the bench. And that is my take on Golden State. They're coming at it for Steve Kerr. I know that you don't want to piss off or make him sad boy or anything. Really hurt Chris Paul's pride. I've never come off the bench in my life. We don't care. If you want to win games, you will take his ass off the bench. Three, this is a team that I have mixed feelings on in terms of regular season and the playoffs, and that is the Phoenix Suns. I think the ISO, I we will just score more baskets than you vibe of just Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal. I think it will work in the regular season. I think isolation basketball works fine in the regular season. I think they make a point, you can't guard us all until the playoffs when teams actually try. Personally, that's how I feel. Uh, I feel almost nothing for the rest of this team, though. I feel it's it's like a void. Like, what do you want me to say about Bull Bull that hasn't been said? What do you want me to say about Nurkic? He is, he's a guy. He'll put up points. He's not gonna help you with defense. Grayson Allen. I don't know. I, th this team is a lot of meh with just like three demigods of shooting the basketball, carrying you. And I didn't want to put them this high, but I believe. I believe it's doable. I think they can just beat you outright by the third quarter of the game, and then the game gets kind of like close as, uh, as they aren't playing. Except for in the playoffs. I think in the playoffs when teams try. But that's for another day. I have them at three. Number two. 
the Los Angeles Lakers. I have the Lakers at two. They got better at depth. You've, you've heard the spiel. It's LeBron and AD. My biggest thing is, like, they probably could be one if Anthony Davis finally becomes consistent and, like, an MVP candidate. But, again, if I get, if I was ragging on, like, Zion and I'm not going to do this song and dance again. I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not falling for it. Anthony Davis is not consistent ever. I know in the regular season he's, like, a little bit better or maybe a little bit more consistent. But, like... The health is concerned. I don't think he's a number one option on a championship caliber team. Even though he has the talent for it, I'm not going to buy it. Uh, whoever thinks Christian Wood is going to be like a true asset to this team is out of their mind, in my opinion. <clears throat> Cam Reddish, you tricked me long ago. You will never trick me again. Everyone else, you're good in my books. Uh, you got it. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, he will be traded by the trade deadline. That's one so obvious. I think... Austin Reeves is a good player. I think it's a little overrated by a lot of people. He will not be an all-star. I promise you that. Um, Rui Hachimura, I was really high on you coming out of college. You seem to be working really well on this team. Keep going. Uh, I also think the the way that they could fall out of two. Um, if Anthony Davis really thinks that like he should play power forward, someone needs to... Someone needs to tell him otherwise because he they will be a number two seed if he wants to if he plays center most of the time. If he decides he wants to play power forward, you can kiss that two seed goodbye, brother. It's time to like it's time to sack up, baby. Uh, you need to take this seriously. They are this team will be very good defensively, and I think they are going to get better offensively. I don't know how by how much this team should win a lot of games even without LeBron. <clears throat> without LeBron and AD is like the concern I would have. But otherwise, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be high on them. I'm gonna give them praise. We'll see where that leads. We got number one, defending champs, best player in the world, uh, best duo in the world in my opinion. Until I see differently, uh, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Contavious Caldwell Pope, and Aaron Gordon. That is the best starting five in the league. Until the Boston Celtics prove otherwise, personally, um, yeah, uh, they're gonna they're gonna kick ass. Uh, they're just they're a good regular season team, and Jokic has carried without them before to like a six like never. They won't be a playing team, you know. Injuries is another like for most of these teams at the top, injuries are concerned. But I think Jamal Murray, true regular season leap. Maybe Michael Porter Jr. leap. I'm kind of iffy on that. Aaron Gordon, like, has proved that he could be a borderline all-star before in the regular season, especially last year. So I think enough of them, enough of the starting five has something to prove for the regular season to say, like, no, I'm really him. And then, I mean, you know, he's just going to do his thing. This is He's clocking into work, and when he clocks into work, he's going to average a triple-double, so... What do you want from me? He's going to be completely unstoppable. He's going to do whatever he wants. It's just a game to like, this is a game within a game to him. Like we look at this as a professional game. He looks at this as just another game of a game. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say, but that's my, those are my predictions. Um, yeah, not much to say about Denver LA, honestly, but I'm going to go back down the list. 
Number one, we got the Denver Nuggets. Number two, we have the Los Angeles Lake, uh, Lakers. And number three, we have the Phoenix Suns. And number four, we have the Golden State Warriors. And number five, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves. Six, Oklahoma City Thunder. Seven, Sacramento Kings. Eight, Los Angeles Clippers. Nine, Dallas Mavericks. Ten, New Orleans Pelicans. Eleven, Memphis Grizzlies. Twelve, Houston Rockets. Thirteen, San Antonio Spurs. Fourteen, Utah Jazz. And fifteen, Portland Trailblazers. If you like this video, please uh subscribe like comment let me know what there should be some of you that have something <clears throat> to say about these rankings i know it let me know please i would love to have a nice discussion in the comments but please i hope you enjoyed this video i hope to see you soon welcome back it's the nba season we are back uh thank you for watching thank you for listening um I'll see you in the next one.